Welcome, Welcome back, back to the podcast, exciting. First, my boy, Kevin, Kev, Revolution, Breathalution. Breath breathalution. Breath Everybody see, calls it Breathalution. The problem with being, one, dyslexic. I was struggling with, <laughs> I'm going to show you a diagram of the diaphragm. That's really hard for me to diagram say. Diagram of the diaphragm. Okay, wow. But first podcast to be done uh, with a guest in person. So Kev has invited me to the beautiful place. We've just recorded it. So... Um, there's probably like, I don't even know how long, probably an hour's worth of, but just At least, yeah. gems after gems after gems. Um, we do go all the way to make um, uh, answer. I, I leave a final question to the end, but it's almost after it sounds like we've finished. So do listen sure, to the yeah. end because um, some of the takeaways, I think, from Kev, I'm going to take away some stuff from this that I literally, as I step out of the, of the dome, encouraged to be pushing into more and more of myself through vulnerability so you've got that to look forward to. sure yeah it goes without saying yeah ditto really you know because i think what we, what we spoke about today is you know like i said at the beginning it's like we kind of forget things about ourselves don't we so the more we talk with one another the more we meet each other and uh and, and just keep keep talking about stuff keep talking about our past and that you know we just it's self-help self-care yeah no, it's important. Cool. Well, listen up. This is Kev. Breath breathe illusion. Breathe illusion. The word breathe. Breathe illusion. Breathe illusion <laughs> on the Between Breath podcast. We enter this world taking our first breath, and sadly, we leave this place taking our last. And what I want to do with this podcast is to explore what happens between those breaths. I'm David Jackson, Jacko, and this is the Between Breaths podcast so uh kev um thank you for having me in what do you call this uh, what is it a dome or a pod yeah. yeah i generally call it a pod but it's, it's made by pacific domes in america but they're yeah they're pretty cool they just look like upside a bit like the eden project type thing yeah they, no really? it is it, to me um don't spoil the uh, the image because to me it's like you live in here and this is your, this is your home and your house as well like a hobbit <laughs> yeah 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 but thanks for for having us and this is actually the me. first guest i've had on the podcast doing it in person so um, oh is it really yeah, i'm honored uh, yeah no. i'm honored um yeah it's been it's been a long time um coming in terms of us meeting um sure. and it's great to it's great to be here and do this and be by the fire yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to potentially getting in the river with you sure, if you let sure. me later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for for the listeners and the watchers of the podcast, um, just first of all, like, uh, who is who is Kevin and, and, and Breatholution? Um, sure. Just yeah. to, I, I want to get into your story, so just like just just sure. top level a little bit for. I know a lot of people will have come across you and your your work and your Instagram, sure. but there might be some that are like, okay, this dude looks interesting. Who's this guy? Yeah. Who's this guy? So, um, so yeah, um, thanks for coming here, mate, and doing this, by the way. Yeah. I do love a podcast, and, uh, and it's quite a similar sort of setup. So the, the, like I said, the Chris Guy's the one that yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, so but I set up Brevolution in, in 2020. Yeah. Um, and the word Brevolution was generally an idea I probably got a little bit from James Nestor's book. Yeah. Uh, because it's the kind of the study of a lost art breathing. Yeah. Um, and in the West, we're just obviously so far behind. So yeah. I thought evolution, breathe evolution. I thought I'll yeah. go with that. And yeah, it yeah. just kind of stuck. I know um, Patrick McEwen in his, uh, did he write it in The Breathing Cure? Um, talked about there being a breathing revolution. 
Sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's a, it kind of fits. I thought I'd, I'd go with that name. At the time... And you've trademarked it, is that right? I've trademarked that. I, have, I own that now, yeah, yeah. To, to a degree. Um, but, yeah, I, I literally started to take people in the cold because I was... Um, I had addiction issues. Um, and at the time, I was an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, I kind of I stopped drinking for, for various reasons, which I'll probably go into in a bit. Yeah. But um, I started to take people into the cold, started to understand how people were reacting in the cold, how they were certainly how they were breathing. Yeah. Um, and then obviously as an asthmatic uh, all my life, um, yeah. I started to sort of unravel after listening to so many Patrick McCune uh, podcasts and James Nestor yeah. and um, Dan Brule, listened to some of his yeah. stuff as well. And just, and, and Huberman, yeah. um, uh, Jack Fieldman. Wow, some of the stuff that I've listened to him talk about. Um, and, uh, it just kind of took off from that, really. And then people started to say, can you take me into the cold? Can you take me into the water? I keep losing my breath. So that's what I did. I started to, I was just taking people in for free. Because right. I was still, you know, doing my job as a, um, I was doing property maintenance and stuff like that. Right. Like just general kind of handyman work at the time. But yeah. I'm a mechanic. Right, so really mechanic by, by trade. trade. Yeah, yeah. But I was also 10 years as a signalman for Network Rail on the railway. Right. So I was in a safety critical job with with them, um, so so yeah. So and it's it's just become this because people uh, have asked me to, to 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 train them, and I've just I've just been obsessed with breath yeah. Yeah. and and physiology yeah. and anatomy. But as I said to you before, this this work that I do, it's kind of like therapy for me. Yeah. Because it's I'm constantly learning from everybody. Same yeah. way I learn from you, yeah. I'm going to learn from you. Yeah. Um, and today, well, likewise, well, yeah, <laughs> today you know, I learn from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, this is and what it's about. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I learn things about myself that I've forgotten yeah. from you. Yeah. And and this is the beauty of of, of talking, I suppose, as well. Um, yeah. And this. So, 2020, you started going into the cold. Sure. When did like when did this get erected? So. From, I originally started to take people in the cold in Coombs Reservoir, um, which isn't far from here, um, in Chapel on the Frith, Chapel Milton, Chapel on the Frith. Yeah. And um, at the very, very beginning, it was just a, you know, a handful of people during the week. And then um, eventually, the, the, you know, people sort of, you know, you shouldn't be take, coming in here, you shouldn't be taking right, people right, in the cold. Yeah. And there's people sort of rocking the boat. Yeah. So I moved location then to a, a place at Fernie Lee in the river. And if you look on Instagram, that's where most of the photographs and most of the images of right. people sort of in the cold um, and the likes of some of these famous ones as well, like Colleen Rooney, who, who came over with her brothers and got in in the cold and stuff. That was all done in Fernie Lee. Yeah. And I just kind of ran with it from that because I thought there was obviously a market for people. So where did that connection come? Um, I'm almost certain that connection came through getting in with Adam Thomas, I think. Um because I just put something out on the internet and then I think Adam Thomas messaged me and said, do you mind if we get in the cold? Come and do some breath work and stuff. Yeah. And he said, yeah, sure, sure. At the time, I was doing sort of more Wim Hof method, yeah. sort of hyperventilation with people. Yeah. I'm doing less of it now because of Patrick and, yeah. you know. Um, and there's an evolution of, of your own practice. Massively, massively, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that later, I think. Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, super important that. Um, so, yeah, so he came in and then I think she may have spotted that. And I think also I've taken in 
I've, you know, I've, I've done a lot of sessions with people from over sort of Cheshire way and that sort yeah. of life. And I was asked to do something with the housewives of Cheshire right. as well and do something there, but I kind of turned it down. It wasn't really my, my bag because yeah. uh, I think they probably would have made a bit of a mockery of it, <laughs> what I was doing. There'd have been too much sort of screaming and stuff and messing right. about. Um, where Because where, this work's quite serious as well. Yeah, There's a lot of yeah, fun yeah. attached yeah. to it. But most of the people that have turned up have had in the past or at that present yeah. time when they came over had certain problems. Yeah. You yeah. know, relationship problems, anxiety, panic disorder, health problems. Yeah. You know, relationship issues and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. addictions yeah so and it kind of turned into that then and I was getting messages off complete strangers saying this is happening I'm getting this I'm getting tingles in my fingers I'm can't sleep at night I thought wow, this is all kind of changing direction now it, yeah. uh, at the beginning it was just oh can we get in the cold it seems fun and yeah, yeah, after yeah. lockdown you know because I was doing it during lockdown which also sort of uh, wound a few people up and right. the police were there at one point as well over at Coombs right. asking who's created this big gathering of people because I think at one point when the police were there there was about 30 people right. getting in at Coombs and, and I didn't ask 30 people to yeah, come I, told, yeah. I, I asked about half a dozen but half a dozen on, on Instagram all of a sudden oh, where are you going yeah, yeah. Um, so I had to sort of keep half of them in the car and then just do it in, in waves um, so, but anyway, yeah, so yeah. I'm going all over the place. Yeah, no, 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 it's good, it's good. Because um, I'm just like building up a bit of a, you know, under, me, me understanding where you've come, but also I think the, for, for people listening, it's, sure. it's yeah, everyone's, everyone's got their story and I think we'll, we'll go into like, was it the, like the evolution of like your practice, but sure. also where you know i've heard you talking about addiction and stuff before um which i'd love to ask some questions about um sure. but in terms of um just your uh you mentioned there about the seriousness to what we're doing but at the same time um this is something around like just coaching and just our personalities and being like you're like you're smiling now because it's like you're you're very approachable when i when i came in you gave me a big hug and it's sure. like um that ability to like zone in, hone in and maybe hold space and, and, and be and provide that space sure. that is serious, but at the same time making it feel you you used the word safe before we when I first arrived yeah, before yeah. we went on uh, put put the camera live. So like but being safe but also making people feel comfortable yeah. and relaxed, like there needs to be that if it's always you know, knowing when it's doesn't need to be serious and that we can have a bit of a laugh about something makes sure. me feel relaxed so that then I feel a connection with you as the coach and then sure. it's easier for me to go deeper is that some is that something that's just comes natural to you or is it do you do you consciously think about how I'm coaching or how I'm being when I'm with an individual compared to when I'm being with a group just from a yeah sure. just from a coaching perspective I think I'll probably Jacko through years of not really being myself because of various right. issues with my ego and um, and with addiction and stuff like that being myself now with yeah. everybody being completely vulnerable yeah. with everybody yeah. is 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 it just allow myself to always be myself obviously there are times when people turn up who are visibly anxious yeah and and when they come and take a seat in here they um, they sit near the door yeah so sort of I don't know, probably from like a kind of neuro-linguistic sort of programming perspective, 
working out how people are as animals yeah. to start with, getting an idea of how vulnerable they look or feel or how they sound, yeah. because eventually they start to kind of chill out the yeah. more relaxed you are, which you probably, obviously you're seeing your own coaching. Um, but yeah, I think it's probably just being completely open. Yeah. And, and you know, I start off right from the beginning by telling everybody how vulnerable I am yeah. and how anxious I am daily as yeah. a human being. Um, and automatically that generally sort of helps people f recognize their own yeah. vulnerability, but know that it's okay. Yeah, well, it's good. It's good. Like, I know that there'll be a lot of people listening to the podcast are themselves like coaches or facilitators or you know, teachers in, in some sort of some sort of way and I think particularly when you're new to it coaching mm. whether it's within breath work breath training or whether it's in some other sort of modality it can be it can be a a little bit of a draw to sort of trying to behave a way that you think you should behave when you're coaching <laughs> rather than you're saying like look, just being trying to zone in on and, and, and come back to being as 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 much me as as possible I think it's a great message for for people that are listening if they're sure, if sure. they're coaches um absolutely mate yeah and i think you know i think i push that quite a lot really yeah, yeah. because i think a lot of the time by trying to be somebody else you can just go completely in the wrong direction yeah. and at the very very beginning of this I, I was kind of i thought well i want to do breath work and i need to go in some kind of a direction really yeah um, and i thought well do i go over to greece and and study you know, pranayama and, and yeah. sort of do all this sort of stuff or and, and go down this kind of spiritual, sort of energetic, sort of, you know, chakras sort of route and, yeah. and that sort of thing. Or do I go more scientific? Yeah. Um, obviously, as it is, we, as we know, I went down the scientific route because yeah. it's, it was quite reliable for me. Sorry, I touched my mic. Yeah, that's right. It's quite, it was quite reliable for me and it, I find it's probably quite a lot more reliable for, for a lot of men that come into this as well. Yeah. Because they, they, they like the science. Yeah part of yeah. it because it's something that they can really connect to as yeah. much as people connect to spirituality and yeah. energy I also think those two things aren't aren't separate and no. you can look at the science and it will and you can look at the something that maybe someone on the uh, from the outside doesn't think that it it can it thinks it's separate or thinks they're opposing sure and actually the more that you look at both and hone in <laughs> on the detail about it, it it starts to the point same towards thing. the same thing yeah they're just in in different ways or in different words and potentially um, in different times, if something originates from like two thousand years ago, sure. the language that it's explained in isn't in the with the current the current scientific understanding, but sure. are the principles actually there. It's one of the things I know you, you'll be the same, but I love about the oxygen advantages. It gives us that understanding of how um, our breathing affects our, our physiology on like a foundational level. That yeah. it helps you to be able to understand any modality of. Of, of breathing or, or breath training 100 percent, mate yeah d definitely that and it I, both modalities invite connection uh so they meet in the middle yeah and that's the key with this you as you know and as coaches we know that trying to get people to understand connection and feel their bodies and not yeah. always feeling them in a kind of an aggressive way but feeling them sometimes in a very gentle way yeah being very connected to very subtle um, sensations in the body, very, very minute things yeah. can help you to react less in certain situations in your life, which will make your life 10 times easier mm. to, to cope with yeah. generally. And I think that's probably what I've found more than anything. It's, 
there's a time for you know for 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 heavy and stress yeah but there seems to be more and more now time for for gentle and delicate um so and i think it's it's definitely going down that route and and with the like with the things like you know atomic focus um and oxygen advantage it's making that so easy to explain to people yeah. just brilliant really yeah yeah super nice mate nice. Um, i'm going to pick up on that about um feeling the body <coughs> and then i'm going to come back to your personality yeah yeah sure yeah and it always good. comes back got, to that. Okay, okay, yeah um so you mentioned about feeling the body there there's something that i've been on a personal journey of like i played rugby for since I was six years old, but like as a, as a as an adult, like professionally, like 300 games of 13 years of wow. basically getting whacked a lot. Um, you know, I had a brain injury that finished my, my rugby career. And wow. um, one thing that you do and one thing that you learn as part of it is you learn how to not listen to your body. You don't realise you're doing it at the time, but, you know, you look at any, go into any dressing room of a, a rugby team before they go out and look around whilst they haven't got their shirts on mm-hmm. and they're not fully kitted up, you'll see tape everywhere and people taking painkillers because yeah. you, you're, it's a, it's a, it's a, a physically job. demanding sport and job and yeah. you, know, you, you, you get by almost. You're, um, anyway, so you, you, you learn how to like disengage from pain so you can push through, wow. which you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing, but in context, if that's like your only option, your only default, and when I finished playing rugby, um, it took me a year to go over my head injury, but once I was sort of back into normal functioning, able to go and train and do things and feel like I'm being normal again, mm. I still had a, a relationship with my body where it'd be difficult to listen to it, but also so used to probably being some level of pain that yeah. I'd probably still go and find it through training in some sort of in some sort of weird way, and I think addictive way, yeah, yeah. And breathing, so there's probably two things on that. You picked up on it, yeah. Like some sort of weird addiction. I didn't realise I maybe had in that respect, but then also, um, and let's come to that second. The the other the other point being that through breathing and actually going taking my bolt score and understanding that that tells me a bit about my internal state, not just my CO2 sensitivity, it tells me about my stress levels, it tells me whether I'm going to get a, a cold like I've got a little bit at the moment. Sure. Breathing and learning, like for me, I needed to retrain my breathing because of my brain injury, but breathing has been such a tool for me to do that connection piece that you talked about and actually be able to feel yeah. what is going on inside. And I think particularly for very manly blokes as well, let's say, it's not, it's just not part of our, our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, I look at, and particularly before I met, you know, look at Kev and Breath Revolution on Instagram, the, the bold head, the white beard it was originally, yeah, yeah, the sure. tattoos, and I'm like, there's a manly looking man, <laughs> but then there's this like paradox, so there's this contrast with like, sure. look at that, that caring nature and that. Um, sure. Yeah, where, what, does that resonate with you? Or does that, where do you think, yeah. in terms of the breathing, have you? I think, yeah, I, the, the first time I, I, the first time I did any breathing, um, 
I was lay on my deck in at home. I did some some Wim Hof breathing. Right. And um, the first time I thought, well, I'll see what this is like. I actually read Becoming the Iceman about maybe about four years ago. Um, I didn't really think much of it at the time. I was just talking about the breath, and you know, I had no idea. Yeah. You know, I was just carrying on doing. Four years ago, I was still drinking and stuff. Right. Um, but when I stopped drinking. I, I sat down, I lay down on the deck and I did some, some hyperventilation and I was completely blown away. But when I come up from it, I was emotional. Right. Um, te teary crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just didn't really understand why. Yeah. And, you know, I was trying to think of reasons why. Did I see something? Did I feel something? And it, it wasn't that. I, I could, I just felt Kev. Right. And I was just so connected to my body I could feel everything that was me yeah and I just don't really think I'd ever felt it like that for such a long time I don't really I don't think you ever really do really because we're just not really told to yeah you know we're just so busy learning and you know algebra go and do your maths do your English tidy up do your room do this yeah. don't do this don't cry don't I was talking with Jamie Clements on podcast uh, yesterday about about like the schooling system missing out on teaching us some but teaching us some some basic like okay yes like those of us that are involved in breathing would like us to see some basic understanding but of breathing but basic understanding of like our bodies ourselves yeah. like who am i sure uh, yeah we miss out on that absolutely and when when did i did you was have a bad did you have a did, was school good for you or the way you you, you responded when i when we said school then your face went and there, <laughs> and there was a mouth exhale i think <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. So was school well, like a, not a nice time or what was school like? School was problematic because of, I had ADHD. I know yeah. I did now. If, if I went to the doctors now, it's sort of 14 years old, 40 year old Kev, he's got ADHD. Yeah. But I back then you just got told you were naughty. I was just, I was just <laughs> told I was naughty. I was just misbehaved. He's, you know, he's trouble. He doesn't want to learn. Right. He can't concentrate. However, I concentrated on the things that I enjoyed, you know, the craft design and technology things. I was using my hands or yeah. cooking. Yeah or making things, you know, yeah. sewing, even sewing, you know. Right. I was making things, I was physically doing things that I was interested in. So it's the bunting, it's the bunting you. Absolutely that, <laughs> definitely, and all my colours as well. <laughs> so I think school wasn't great for yeah. me because I couldn't concentrate, I was misbehaving, I was trying to um, cope with constantly mouth breathing yeah. and not really getting good quality sleep as a teenager. And not being given any tools, like we no. tend to get, you know, you need to concentrate. Sure. But as a kid, you don't often actually respond, because a lot of questions get asked, or a lot of things from kids get to get responded with as why, which is a great question. Sure. But I don't know that if I've ever been told, you know, you need to concentrate, actually would go, rather than why, is a bit more like how. Yeah, how we don't get taught how no. to focus or how to concentrate. Sure, which is what Patrick talks about. You know, we yeah. get taught. You know, there was times probably in my teenage years, and certainly as a young, as a young adult, where if I would have understood my physiology and mm. I would have understood how my anatomy and physiology worked, yeah. as opposed to understanding algebra and how many wives Henry VIII had. It would have been far more beneficial to me, and that's no disrespect to maths teachers or history teachers. And I am actually a qualified science teacher, so be careful what you say so, about So, yeah, now science was something that I loved. I, I, I could see and make things and physically see yeah, how yeah, yeah. the world was working. Yeah, so yeah. it interested me. So I did okay in science. I okay. did okay in the things that interested me. But the things that I didn't have any interest in, I was just daydreaming. Yeah. 
which is you know you know part and parcel of the issue with with ADHD. Yeah. And you know with these statistics that are coming out now at the moment, there's like this eighty percent of kids in this recent study in America right. that are mouth breathing and snoring. Right. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You know that that it's too high. So so something obviously needs to be done. Yeah. You know, but you know you approach schools and they're just so crammed into the yeah. system. Yeah. yeah. And um, and even the medical system is just so tunnel vision still yeah that i'm explaining the bore effect to general practitioners so what's that all about yeah you yeah. know not mentioning any names yeah but i shouldn't be explaining something that is the most critical thing for life which is breathing mm -hmm. i shouldn't be explaining this to medical professions professionals yeah. really and um it's know. something that's been over it, it, it for whatever reason it's been overlooked i was talking to a um uh, a neurologist uh, for the podcast the last week right. and he from he was from america and uh potentially a little bit skeptical as well so but he was like look in america there's a pill for everything and you make money from having there's for for breathing there's no there's no m money to be made from a pharma company that's was his opinion um sure yeah so yeah, it sort of falls into, it potentially is influenced by other things as to why it's gone under the radar, yeah. as well as just, you know, your body just does it naturally, does it automatically, so sure. why would it, why would we need to train it? But understanding it, yeah, yeah. why don't we understand it more is, yeah, is a, is a great question. Yeah, the first thing you do when you come out is you take one, <laughs> um, and after that the second thing you do is you eat so if we focus as humans on just those two things and perfected them the world would be different yeah. and you know the, 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 what are the problems in the NHS system now I bet if you went in there you could probably take half of those people out because of what they consume in air alcohol or food yeah half the NHS I would imagine it is half the people that are in there are, are connected to chronic hyperventilation or what they consume and put in their bodies yeah or certainly by improving what they eat and improving the way that they breathe you're going to have a very positive influence on their their sure. health and their and their oh, illness yeah massive yeah. absolutely absolutely and I as an alcoholic and somebody who spent so much time putting alcohol and cocaine in, in my body that I, I, I know that I was hospitalised and then nearly hospitalised so many times with it, yeah. and smoking as well. And I've, you know, I've, I've done all that and, and damaged my body. Um, and I know that you know through doing so many sessions with nurses and doctors, and kidney doctors, that they're absolutely overwhelmed mm. um, by people who are who are putting chemicals in their body. Yeah. You know, and the reason they're putting the chemicals in there a lot of the time is because of trauma. Yeah. Childhood trauma. Which yeah. is probably for another podcast. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> the um talking about ADHD as a child not being able to concentrate and mm. and potentially mentioned like addictions so we'll, we'll talk about um addictions because I think that everyone probably has an addiction to something on some sort of of level sure. um, and I'll share some some ones that might be, might seem more trivial but it's still rec I'm, I'm, I'm still starting now to recognize it as like okay it's a it's an addiction sure. but the um, 
that like not being able to concentrate is something I've just been much more aware of in myself recently and just seeing you just see it in everyday life of like the world around us and our culture particularly where we are in in the in the UK and in the first world is we're you know the the news the tv our phone like just literally our life is designed not designed which maybe it is designed but maybe that's not the right word but it's it's there constantly distracting us or if you allow it to happen there's a there's a distraction every single moment of every day that you don't have to go and visit yourself like you know when you did that Wim Hof breathing so I actually felt felt myself and I felt almost me for yeah. the first time or for a very long time sure. how much of how much of the addiction for you was a was potentially about not going and going internal and not not facing who we are I think quite a lot and that, and that that question it can kind of go anywhere really because yeah. I became addicted to breath work and cold yeah and it's why I'm here now because yeah. I became addicted and I got dopamine from somewhere else is there a difference for you between like a positive addiction that's like been helpful in your recovery compared to a negative addiction or is addiction all the same in your opinion yeah in my opinion I think I think addiction is problematic in terms of how you find the balance of chemicals, serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin in your body, because, um, and I think that's probably because of how we're brought into this world. When we're born, we're given chemicals. Mm. When when you latch on to your mother, you release dopamine and serotonin, oxytocin. So when you feel vulnerable and you're crying and you're cold and you're dark and you're on your own and you become emotional to find your mother again, your caregiver, she gives you more chemicals, she gives yeah. you dopamine. So really we're lined up because of the nurture of... So it's a natural the, process actually. It's a natural us. process. The dopaminergic system is part and parcel of our um, evolution because we're constantly searching for it. You're searching for it being here. Yeah. You're searching for it because you want to put something on Instagram to get dopamine yeah. and likes and acceptance. The whole thing, everything that we do, we procreate for dopamine and, and, and good feel-good chemicals and safety. And because we're constantly in a flux of safety and vulnerability and safety and vulnerability because of this system, I think, which Charles Darwin spoke about in 1872, this fundamental purpose of human emotions is to get the animal or the organism restored to physical equilibrium, safety. And you know, how, do the, how does it mobilize the animal? Well, it mobilizes the animal on the breath. It mobilizes the animal by asking the animal to get chemicals. So that becomes addiction, which is why you know, things like eating disorders are connected to vulnerability because the first time that you're yeah. and you're forced to breathe through your nose as a baby what's the body witnessing then well it's probably witnessing that the body feels safe and the animal feels safe one when it's breathing through its nose which is yeah. why we yeah we feel safe when we breathe through our nose we feel relaxed as opposed to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they're, they're com completely sort of different things. I know that sort of went all yeah, over the no, place. No, 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 no. But we're, we're stuck in it. Yeah. So unless we 
unless we balance our biochemistry, which is obviously what we do, we, we're telling people to increase their bolt scores. Yeah. Because increasing the bolt score won't just make you physically more capable of existing as an animal. Yeah. It will also make you react less or react differently yeah. to past trauma, but also present danger. Yeah. And yeah. that's the key. And that's how that's working with anxiety. Yeah, because, because essentially the breath is linked to our nervous system and your nervous system, like your stress response, will affect how you respond to those things. And sure. for those, maybe if people haven't come across like the Bolt score, it's just a, um, a phrase I've been using a little bit more recently, is just restoring our body's relationship with carbon dioxide. Just bit, like just getting, just restoring Perfect. that, whatever that then, yeah, whatever yeah. then look, looks like for people. But um, yeah, restoring no. it, I like that, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that finding that equilibrium. So what is that equilibrium? It's, it's, your, it's your alarm, your body's alarm system to take a breath. Yeah. But your body's alarm system to take a breath is connected to so much more than just your breathing or your nervous mm. system. It's connected to everything. It's connected how you find your next dopamine. Right. Potentially. Yeah. Because the first time that you did it, when you come out, <sighs> your lungs empty of fluid and you gasp for the first time, you're in fight or flight. You've been separated from nine months of yeah. parasympathetic. This is all happening when you don't, you can't remember that. Yeah. You can't think about it or process it back sure. then. You can't think about it and reprocess it now. No. I've never thought of, I've never thought about that. I've never thought about the, you, you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times, like the importance or just the, the, the relevance of that first breath and being a, being a baby and, and, and what that, how that breathing and how the, the dopamine response is all, I've, I've never considered that, how no. that fits into the puzzle of like how that's affecting me or us as adults. Sure, I, but I think, I think when, I, when, when I bring people here, they, you know, I say to them, we're gonna go back and I'm just, I'm just gonna go all the way back, you know, all the way back to the first cells on earth because they reacted the same way. Yeah. They were frightened because the environment became hostile. Yeah. You know, heat and acidic yeah. conditions. So what did it do? It felt frightened, the cell, to a degree, in, you know, in, in her yeah. human terms. It felt frightened it, and it adapted and that's how we're all here. So the cells in the human body are doing the same thing, the animal's doing the same thing, and certainly on that first breath, in terms of the pre-boxing complex, I think the explosion that goes off in the brain, just the same as when a baby reaches up and grabs that toy, that mobile, for the first time and grips and holds, and what's that? Yeah. And then after then, they start to develop that first breath. <laughs> Wow, what's going on in the brain there? That point, the pre-boxing complex, your breathing centres are. Oh, this is how we get oxygen. Yeah. This is how it works. And it's going crazy. So, and also from that point, then it's fear, cold, and you're separated from your caregiver. Even though you're still connected by the cord, mm. you're still cold and bright and noisy. It's complete fight or flight. Maybe your first trauma. Yeah. In terms of the body keeping the score, yeah. does it remember it? Possibly, yeah, why not? So from that point then, you go from fight or flight to parasympathetic again. It's not the womb, it's not ideal, but it'll take it, it'll have it anyway. And then you... Yeah. 
you're forced to breathe through your nose. So yeah. the pre-boxing of complex, your brain, is it recognising then that breathing through the nose is connected to, uh, to safety and then so safe, in fact, that you fall asleep on the breast yeah. or the bottle and the, the organism will only fall asleep when it feels safe. Yeah. So you're in that system and you're put down, you wake up, you're cold, you're fine, there's nobody there. What do you do? You do it again. Yeah. Fight or flight. And then what does mum do? She does it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Yeah. So we're already in the dopaminergic system. Yeah. We, we go through school, brothers and sisters, we latch onto friends that remind us of ourselves a little yeah. bit, mirrors, teachers that remind us of our parents because we're honing in on the safety. These are the things that... Um just, just a, an understanding of like what our, what our nature is like and then understanding mm. what the world around us is like to just help us make as, as, as adults or when we're growing up, you know, when you're growing up and you're a teenager, what do you do? You, you, you want to fit in, with, you don't want to stand out, you want to fit in, you want to feel safe, you want to be cool, you want to fit in with your mates. So you do a lot of things that aren't based on what you do. It's often about fitting in with other people. Sure. And yeah, I just think we, I just think we go into adulthood a lot of the time. Maybe not everyone, but just speaking from experience of my own and is one, my own self. But feeding, feeding off what you're describing, that we don't, we don't have time to really process and understand what's going on in life. And I just, I feel like it was very much when a um, experience, quite a. a, a, a a wild, strange three days when I did the the ultra marathon ring of fire thing, where it was like, okay, choosing to do this thing, whatever. But it was, it may just hone in on like what's important in life, and it was like the support from my wife and family to help me go through that thing, just my breathing, being able to take my next step, and the food, like that like you said, and like it was, so, I mean, it was, it was. I was I was a pretty wreck of a, a man uh, and, and needed a lot of help, but sure. there was no email, no phone, no work, no nothing. And I look back on that time, even though physically and emotionally it was very like traumatic for my body, I look back on it with very fond memories. And it was yeah, it, it was a it was a time when I got to see. But you've got to get, look, choose to be put into a situation where you go, okay, I start to understand what's actually really important for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that I was lucky after I had my brain injury, I couldn't do anything for you know, quite a long time. And I had to rethink what my career was or my next career. You're always going to have, when you play a sport like rugby, you're always going to have a next career. I was 31, sure. I just signed a new two year contract. I was getting towards the end of my career. So I was always thinking about what I was going to do afterwards. Sure. But I had this like hard stop put in place and actually an opportunity to go, what's the next chapter going to look like? Oh. And I literally made lists of like, what do I enjoy doing? What do I want to do? Like what's important to me? And having time to take stock and go, right, this is the direction I want to go in rather than, at 16 you get asked, or even probably 15, you, you choose your GCSEs because you can drop some subjects. Then you choose, you might choose your A-levels or you go on to do so. Depending on what my process was like, GCSEs, A-levels, university course. Like making these decisions about what I wanted to do. I had no idea really what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I did engineering. 
I, I could have just been in this path making, I was, I did a placement year, I was at British Gypsum making plasterboard. Wow. Or did, trying to make plasterboard stronger was my thing. Anyway, sure. but like, you no, definitely not calling. Well, yeah. <laughs> hair. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. we put lots of things in there to try and make it. Horse hair would be probably quite good. But just this, like, I just think we could, we just get swept along. Mm. But even like rugby, I did, I did rugby because my dad took me along to it. I enjoyed getting muddy, and then ultimately, I was good at it. So we do the things that we're good at. Yeah, yeah. Just because you're good at something. I mean, I did like it, but sure. and your dad liked it, obviously as well. Yeah, yeah. So kind of, and that was something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I just think in life, it's very, it's easier to get swept along yeah. all the way to you literally take that last breath. Sure. Not really you. And not really chosen your no. path. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily right, but I just, I definitely found that like, yeah. for me, taking, taking stock, like in just you. stopping... Yeah. Yeah, that 100% that resonates, yeah. And the fact that I'm doing this now, with an engineering background myself and mechanics yeah. and, and, you know, this is respiratory mechanics, it's, it's biomechanics. Yeah. Well, did the, did, the, did the alcohol and drug addiction, when it stopped, um, did, it, did that actually create that stop for you of, like, this can't go on, mm. like, what am I going to do? Like, how, I don't know, is it, was that a period in your life where it went, because obviously what you're doing now here is very different to sure, of course it what is, was yeah. before. Yeah, and like I said... Was I, it conscious? It wasn't It wasn't conscious, no. It just, it, literally all this just kind of happened. Okay. Because I, I didn't have, have any thought in my mind, this is, <clears throat> I want to teach people how to breathe. Never did that even come into my mind. I just thought, well, like, I'm doing it, and, and it kind of working, it's getting great, they're giving great feedback, and oh yeah, Kev, they like yeah, it, yeah, and all this yeah. sort of thing. Um, I think that's that's also beautiful though of like a, the natural evolution of uh, it being organic. Yeah. That's what it, you know. When I did the Oxford Vantage training, I'd read the book, really liked it. I was working as a strength and conditioning coach. Right. I wanted to learn it for my own self. I didn't even really think I was going to use it with the athletes I was training. Wow. I just wanted it for my own breathing. And then you did my case studies to get you know to get qualified, and I just the, the even though I didn't. I wasn't very good at it then, but the, the results people had were really great and the yeah. feedback you get is really great. And I was like, this is life-changing for me and look what it's doing. Exactly. It's just all, like, all of a sudden then it's like, okay, now I'm teaching it. And you're like... That's a mirror. It, that, that, it's that. almost the opposite of me going, right, stop and choose what you want to do. <laughs> but I think there's yeah. there's got to be a place for both. I just think there's only having, only sure. having the one. Particularly if, you're not, if people are stuck in something that we're like... I'm stuck in something that I don't enjoy, I don't like, I don't feel fulfilled. Sure. Or even even being like, do you stop and think about, do I feel fulfilled? How actually am I? Yeah, I yeah. found like the breathing light exercise, like sitting still and trying to breathe for more than two minutes or not even, but just couldn't concentrate, yeah. mind going everywhere, didn't like being still, sure. like doing everything to actually be and sit with how am, how am I sure how am I when there's nothing else going on am I okay with me yeah yeah when nothing else is going on other than my heart beating and me breathing sure and that's not easy is it and sometimes that sometimes it's ugly too because the self yeah. is sometimes a bit ugly 
Yeah. You know, we don't like the self. And a lot of the time, that's what happens when people go and get into these big group sessions in the cold. Right. And they say, oh, it's wonderful. They go home and get into a tank in their garden and they have to get out. It's different. It's different on your own to an agree. It's a sure. totally different energy, for sure. Sure. For sure. Because you see yourself in that moment, or you see yourself and uh, you're confronted yeah. with the ugliness of yourself, your narcissistic tendencies, yeah. your ego. Let's let's come let's come back to that because that's that's going to be juicy. Um, but with, so with with addiction, like I'm very, I'm very is not the right word. I'm more aware now of things that I'm potentially addicted to, and even if they might be like positive addictions, yeah. trying to trying to maybe go. I don't know how to do it. I'm just sort of trying, trying to go with layer below that to go rather than just swapping it for another addiction what's the what's the thing behind it and I know you've talked a lot about the that dopamine cycle inherent from us from a baby and it's potentially natural but is there anything yeah is there anything on there from you around do you presumably you're happy or you're glad that you've dealt with the 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 alcohol and drug addiction because it's so negative in what it's going to do for you as a person in in your life but then are you trying do you see addiction to breathing and in the cold a bad thing like uh, and how would you if you were working with me and someone else they're like how would we work on exploring what's the thing underneath it yeah well the thing is is that I'm not I'm no longer addicted to breath and cold okay um, how do you know, how, when do you know that you're not a, how do, how do you know that because I don't turn to it the same anymore as I used to right. because I'd I'd feel sometimes I'd feel as though I need a drink yeah and I'd hit the cold okay and then so I'd it was get, a direct swap so it was obvious to you that it is a direct swap yeah I'd be feeling quite low or whatever yeah. or I'd just be feeling you know just just not, not really feeling myself um, and and I'd, I'd do some breath work, do some cold, and I'd feel okay afterwards. And of course, as soon as you get back to safety afterwards, the body then thinks, oh, that works. Next yeah. time, I'll, I'll just do a bit of that again. So it'll pop it in the brain, maybe. So, yeah, that worked. Just the same as the latching onto your mother did. Right, yeah. f- first off, it, it works. Eventually, yeah. you become safe afterwards, so it works again, which is, unfortunately, kind of how trauma works, because people yeah. who are traumatised, they eventually get to safety unless they die, yeah. which more often than not they don't, but they get to safety. So whatever it was that they did through that process to get eventually safe one day, it kind of, the body will use that again. We'll do that again, do that again. We'll breathe like that again, go there again, do that, take a drink, have another tablet, have a diazepam, that's what made you feel better, yeah. and which is the origins kind of of, of addiction. So you're, you're doing whatever it is to feel safe. I think it's probably why eating disorders are connected to vulnerability because the actual process of eating is not the food and it's not even the fact that they're hungry and I had this out with not had this out but I had a conversation with somebody recently I did a session with and they said that when they have their their eating binge they're not feeling hungry Um, so you're addicted to feeling safe as opposed to addicted to the thing that you're addicted to so you're addicted to the feeling of not of being safe does, does that make sense yeah, yeah, yeah. so when people are binge they're, 
Because you're, you're breathing through your nose again. So does the kind of the body recognize that you're, you're when you're right. nourished, you're one, you're breathing through your nose and you're... Because yeah. you can't breathe through your mouth and eat at the same time. Most of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so addictions are obviously connected to your body in so many different ways. Connected to your breath, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, I, I think the thing is with addictions. Any addiction has the potential to make you very unhappy because of how it makes you feel when it's going well. So, like you said, backing off slightly will you're, you're kind of not leading yourself up for a fall as much if you get yeah. too. You know, unless you just keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going, eventually you'll crash. Yeah. You know, and this is what happened with, you know, you probably heard the story of um, um, the, oh, what's he called now, the rugby player who kicked the winning uh, goal. Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny Wilkinson. So he, he kicks the, the kick of his life and the whole yeah. world is watching. It couldn't be, it, it was a stage with lettuce and tomato no, around like. Yeah, perfect, but the next morning he couldn't get out of bed. Well, I think he said Depressed. it was even like within minutes yeah. of yeah. having done it. Rubbish, yeah. It was like... Anticlimax. Uh, now what? Well, now, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so... I think, um, it, it's common in sport, like um, Kelly Holmes has said a similar thing after right. she won two gold medals at the... Whichever, it would have been London. And she, yeah, it's like you reach the pinnacle and of your sport. What? And I think that's what sport is great and I've been in that but like particularly when it's professional it's your it's, it, it becomes it's very easy for it to be your identity and like yeah. anyone their job is often you know say to someone like oh hi Kev nice to meet you you know what do you do you know that's the, the normal question you ask sure. someone what do you do for a job rather than because sure. if I say because it's very difficult to ask you go, <laughs> you know who are you how are you how are you as a person? Are you content or yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a very weird? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a. That's why we have these surface level conversations. Like, oh, you're a mechanic. Okay, weather's all right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, trying to go a bit deeper. I think is sure. And I think the thing is with addiction, um, it, I, I think it's just always compensation. You're always trying to compensate. Just recently, I've been doing some. Microdosing. I don't know whether I can say that on here or not, but it, I don't really care to be honest. But um, I've been doing some microdosing. So it, is it kind of compensating um, through chemical imbalance? The so microdosing of what? Psilocybin. What's that? Mushrooms. Okay. So which a lot of people are doing at the moment. It does kind of make you feel slightly different. It makes you feel, makes you feel a bit brighter sometimes. Not all the time. Um, but I, we're constantly in a battle of chemicals all the time, especially if you've been, you've had a past. Where, you're, where you've constantly relied on chemicals, it's an instant hit. Yeah. And as an alcoholic, I'd, I'd still drink now. If you put one here and I could safely drink it, I would just drink here sat with you. I would drink cans of special brew talking to you now because I quite like the feel of it. Right. And although, and the, the trouble when is- When was the last time you had a drink? Oh God, over two, over two and a half years ago. Yeah. And so you wouldn't, for you now, it would be a problem if you had one? To be honest, I don't think it would. But it's not worth it. It's not worth testing. As in, you, are you, for you in your mind, you'll never have a drink again, type of thing, just to be safe. I don't feel. I don't really feel. I don't really feel as though I need it in my life. I don't really think. I don't. I don't feel as though I want it. Yeah. You know. See, it's difficult for like I've, I've 
playing rugby, flipping done, plenty of binge drinking. Like, sure. But in terms of, I've never been someone that's drunk during the week. Like, I just not. I, I now might now I might have a, 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 a half a glass of red wine sure. with a meal or something in a social yeah. setting. But I, I, I don't like the feeling of. It's more like have feeling rubbish the next day or whatever. Yeah. But it's one of those things. It's difficult to be. Even though I say I know that I'm addicted to certain things, mm. when you've not been addicted to the same thing, sure, it's difficult to understand what that what that is. It's like well, it's difficult to understand what it's like to just be another person. <laughs> yeah, no idea. Course, we yeah. make assumptions. I I make an assumption of how you feel sat there on that chair or pump or whatever it is. Yeah, and yeah, we we. Yeah, that, that gets a bit weird in the individual head of like, consciousness. Yeah, it's completely yeah. different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and I think the trouble is with my addiction is I was I was drinking every day for a long time, right. and if I did feel bad the next day, I, I knew that if I had another drink, it would go, it would stop, right. and and it did. But obviously, then the drinking became earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier, and it, 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 I suppose joining. Um, Jumping on board with Network Rail, becoming a signalman, it kind of saved me really, right. because it's a safety critical role. It's zero tolerance to alcohol, right. so you you cannot drink before a shift. If you're if anything goes wrong on the job and you're tested, you're liable potentially for prison if something goes wrong. So, yeah, it stops you drinking. Right. But unfortunately, because you have sort of five days on and then three days off, it turns signalmen into uh, binge drinkers. Right. So as soon as you come off your night shift, you're straight. I was straight on it. Right. So which was which was worse really for me for my health. Although I didn't really know it at the time. But then yeah. I was off work then with depression and anxiety, right. and I was on antidepressants, and I was in a, a bad place. Yeah. yeah. But the, the kind of thing that turned it really was. Um, I lost my sister in 2019, Yvonne. Right. She was only 49. Yeah, sorry. And uh, thank you. Yeah, and she she died of um, she died of sepsis. In the finish, but there was a little bit of her death that was kind of connected to alcohol. She's a chronic pain right. sufferer, right. but she was kind of drinking and we didn't know it. Right. Uh, and that was kind of mixed with medication and stuff. And she went in for a very simple routine operation, but it went wrong, you know. And I think she was just her, her health was just so low right. that she couldn't recover from this um, from from sepsis in Macclesfield Hospital. And it, I, I hit the drink hard after that yeah. point. Um, but I got to. I just thought I need to. St I'm going to end up the same. I'm going to end up. Yeah. My life's going to be ending early, and I, I even found myself in the garage. You know, in my garage at home, ready to take my own life. Um, which was, you know, it was, it was horrible. I was, de I was absolutely desperate at that point. Which is why sometimes medication can be good. Yeah. Because course. you know, I, I'm not against medication. I love this work that I do, but. At the time, you know, the antidepressants took the edge off it for me. Yeah, yeah. And so then, then you could go and do some stops, the the immediate danger, and then you can sure be yeah. in a place to do some other work. Sure. So I've, I, I saw this thing for one year no beer. I saw that and I thought, well, I'll give that a go. And I thought, I'll give, give it six months instead. I'm going to do six months off. I've made a yeah. decision. I'm going to have six months off alcohol. Um, but I was already lining up my drinks for Christmas, so if I'm going to get a bottle of that, I'm going to get right. one of those on Christmas Day. And hang on a minute, I'm lining up my next alcohol mm. after six months of being. Did you it. know you were addicted at that point? Like, oh, God, when did yeah. you? How? Yeah, when did you know you were addicted? I think it was just. I think it was just obvious because everything that I did evolved around drinks. Right. 
So if we were going to Wales, we were talking about Snowdonia yeah. and stuff before and that, go to Wales, we'd have to go near a microbrewery. Right. We'd have to go somewhere where there was a pub right. where I can, you know, by 11 okay. o'clock in the morning, I was ready for a drink every day. Wow, okay. So, and I'd be drinking yeah. in the caravan and what have you, you know, and sometimes I'd be, you know, I'd be, I'd be drinking in the car, you right. know, which is a shameful thing to say. And it was reckless, but yeah. I was an, an addict, yeah. addicted to yeah. having the alcohol in my body because I'd feel terrible without it. It yeah. was horrible, yeah. Jacko. It was horrible. When people tell me they're addicted to alcohol and people say, oh, I need to come and do some breath work. I'm addicted to alcohol. So you've got to have some time off it. Yeah. And that year off it, you know, even before the year, eight months or whatever, you, you know, it saved my life. Yeah. Because it just allowed me just to give, you know, to be without it long enough to feel. Yeah. And then come not, back to that. Yeah. Come back to that, it's, as I already said. You know, to feel yourself rather than numbing it which is exactly what it was doing and now because I've done so much work on myself I know why I was drinking I know why I was so had such an addictive personality so to speak I don't like using that as an excuse yeah, yeah. Um, but I was constantly constantly unhappy with self and I couldn't sit with self like you mentioned before yeah. just sitting there and just breathing slowly and yeah. listening and to being happy with self, maybe even getting a bit of comfort and dopamine release from just being content with the self. Yeah, um, yeah well, you, you're happy in the now. Yeah. Um, I'd never felt that before. Yeah. I needed somebody there or something to, 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 I needed to be around people all the time. And, yeah. You know, I wasn't really happy unless I had some sort of chemical in me or, yeah. Yeah. you know, I was, I just wanted to be away from this. Yeah. Well, we said we'd, you, you mentioned sort of ego and, it, and and looking at self and it being not wanting to because it it looked ugly it look, it might look ugly at times I said yeah. I said we'd come back to that so um, yeah uh, let, let let's look at that so looking at the self and maybe the self being ugly what I smiled and a bit and you smiled when <laughs> and we talked we've talked a little bit about this before but um, yeah I've probably got I've probably got a, some of my own experience of this that I haven't, that I'm aware of, but haven't necessarily, maybe I've not particularly processed, don't really understand it that much, no. but I know that I didn't like sitting still and doing nothing and actually looking at your, yourself. Sure. I don't think I even knew how to go inwardly. And I think that yeah. the, the breath being literally inside of you is, is a nice doorway to open into that. Yeah, um, yeah. But what, from your perspective, what I'm this I'm, I'm eager to I'm eager to definitely learn in this. Um, from your perspective, what is that? What is that process like? What is what what do we when we when we feel the resistance because maybe the self is ugly to go and look at? What's been your process, or if you were going to guide me or someone listening, what's what's the what are the things I need to be either doing or think? What, what's that? What's that process to try and mm. tackle that? Do we, we need to tackle? I don't know. But anything on that? I think probably we need to tackle it now. I mean, obviously the world is run by male ego. Obviously, we, we only need to look at world leaders and politicians to know that it's all completely messed up through male domination and male ego. Uh, I think it probably um, probably gets a lot of trouble for this, but it probably it'll be better if women were ruling the because they think differently towards we do. Yeah. And, you or know, maybe at least a balance. 
Yeah, a bit more balanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah as opposed right, to it all being sort of male sort of yeah. dominated and and male and dominated by males who've had very difficult childhoods as well, who right. are egoic, and um, they have you know unusual. Um, they have unusual um, concepts about women, a lot of them as well, right. which, you know, and, and and certainly I did as well. I think I think I was more I'm more feminine than male, really, because I, I, I was brought up with four sisters. I had no brothers. Right. So, so you're one of five. I'm one of five. One of five. I'm one of four. Right. Yeah, so, so big family. Yeah, I like it. But, but no brothers or all sisters. So I knew far more at twelve years old about makeup and 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 and, and false tan. No, well now it makes sense as to why he looks so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I struggled to be a male. Right. So, so all these kind of tattoos and all this sort of thing right, originally okay. started off as me trying to fit in as an alpha. Right. And the bald head and sort of you know and I used to have this box beard. And I used to go around thinking I was like some sort of ten men. You know, I was and going in the gyms and strutting about and stuff and all that sort of thing. It's just, you know, it wasn't right. really me because okay. I was a, a little bit afraid, really. Or you thought that you were female, so you were trying to counter that with being more alpha? I, I suppose I was trying to, I, because I didn't really have sort of much male interaction, right. my, dad, my dad was always really busy. Yeah. And he's not predominantly a, a sort of a a man's man, a male, so to speak, um, a masculine right. male. And I think that was kind of what I needed as a young as a young, young boy. And I wanted to be making things and doing lad yeah, stuff yeah. and you know, guns and, you know, playing in the thing. And I didn't really have much of it. I had to kind of self-soothe myself with that. Right. And it kind of led into me getting involved with the wrong males okay. and getting the wrong messages about how I should be, and my uncles were, a, some of them were a dodgy. Um, and <clears throat> mixing with them at an age that I was very impressionable, yeah. it, caused, it caused problems for me, and I thought that that was how you had to be. So, and quite closed, okay. as opposed to like now. Right. You know, and I, so I think in terms of, I think ego is a bit like cholesterol. So if someone, there's good, there's if good someone, and bad. some people that know, know you from, Back then, sure. Compared to the those, and there must be people in your life that do know you from back then and also know you now. Like what, what difference and what transition do they see? Do they see a do they see a totally different person? I think there was times when people saw Kev, but more often than not, they saw the guard. Right. You know, there was always this sort of. I can imagine you could do quite a scary, uh, <laughs> scary don't mess with me sort of. <laughs> yeah, but 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 wasn't really, and it's not not me. Yeah. No, this is this is Kev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, but I was just so afraid of it, all you know, all my life. Right. And the the thing that's really allowed me to sort of witness how ugly my narcissism and my ego was and is still. Hmm every day you know it's like you you know Carl Jung refers to it as your shadow it's it's there all the time yeah you know what were you what you said you were like scared of so the 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 guard was because you were scared of like being actually yourself what do you think you were scared of I don't know I think that's probably that acceptance thing 
you know, but there was definitely issues with abandonment as a child. And I don't mean abandonment for my mum and dad. They were amazing and I had a great childhood. But I think I, I needed, I needed to, to, to be around sort of males a lot more when I, and get more information from males when I was younger and I just didn't have it. Right. So I was always a little bit afraid um, you know, I was I was smacked when I was in school, and that frightened. You know, I had a bit of a problem right. then with, with 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 males, a bit bullied in primary right. school, which then made me sort of bully others in yeah, secondary yeah. school. I became the bully in secondary school, which was horrible. Well, because um, if you don't want to be bullied, because that's what you've experienced before, the probably safest thing to not get bullied is to be the bully. Is to be the bully, yeah. Which is was completely yeah, not yeah. Kevin yeah. at all. So you see, what this is kind of what, what happens with it, really. The animal feels wounded, so it, yeah. sometimes it bites. But all that, ex all of that, everything that's happened to you is what makes you who you are today, right? Oh, like sure. if you hadn't have, you know, you said something like, you know, you said like even shamefully drinking whilst I was driving. Or I'm not, we're not saying any of these things are, they were, that was, you know, your word, but I'm not saying any of these things are, are good, but it gives you a level of like empathy for people or just experience to sure. to be able to just connect on a different level when you can say look i know what it i've been there yeah or i've been flipping worse sure um there yeah. is there is a way out the, the, it's the, hard to say yeah. that to someone if you haven't actually been there yeah of course it is yeah you've got to have kind of lived and experienced some trauma and i've had the the, the pleasure of having a, you know, an, an incredible wife who stuck with me for you know near enough 30 years, poor Sarah. You know, she's gone through all that rigmarole and trauma yeah. and stuff that I created when I was an addict. And so what, do you, and what does she see now? Well, you know, she sees probably what she originally saw, okay, which yeah. was the vulnerable Kev, but not many people saw that yeah. vulnerability because I wouldn't let them have it. But you showed her? Obviously, yeah, because obviously as we're attracted to one another's vulnerability. Yeah. Um, and that's what allows us to procreate and, and make more little jackos and more little kevs or, wh or whatever, you know, going forward. Um, whatever it is you do and whatever choice you make as, as couples or whatever. But yeah. to, to do that, we have to be vulnerable. And when we're vulnerable, we're parasympathetic, generally, right. with one another. Yeah, we're yeah. naked, if you like, yeah, if you yeah. sort of yeah. use it sort of a biblical term. And when we're naked, we're vulnerable, but we pro procreate in that moment, you know? So you've got to be vulnerable for evolution to take place. And I, I, I kind of stick to that now. And everywhere I go, I'm just vulnerable. There's times where, it, where my ego sort of comes in and says, no, you have to be the alpha here. You have to, and I, I, I see it. I yeah. know what it's doing. I'm just like, yeah, not today, I know. What, you what it's doing, and it, I, I still do it. I do it on Instagram, and I, I've blocked people in the past, and I've done things and avoided people because of my ego. Right. But it's just all a learning. Yeah. It's all yeah. a learning purpose. I had know, a um, learning tool. I had some questions about social media that I wanted to to ask. So you, you mentioned Instagram there. Um, like for, I guess almost. At first, like, why do you, for you, like, why do you use social media? It sounds like there you've had, and everyone does have various different relationships <laughs> with it. Mm. Um, I, I, I had attachment issues to what I was doing. Okay. Oh, this is mine, breathing, oh, cold water, okay. it's all mine. 
you know, but obviously I was guiding people and then they were going off and, and doing yeah. their own thing and yeah. then making it successful. So it right. kind of attacks your ego a little bit. Right. You're like, oh, that was, hold that on was, a minute. That, that yeah. was mine, that was me. Okay. So I realised that pretty quickly that that was a, attachment issues of mine, of my yeah. own, and ego problems. So, you know, you just have to kind of undo it. But I use Instagram and I wasn't supposed to use, I never used Instagram, you know, two years ago. I had about 300 followers. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I just put some pictures out there. And as, as soon as I started taking pictures and putting people on pictures, smiling and getting in the yeah, cold yeah, and yeah. stuff, it must have looked quite uh, dynamic. And then the followers started to, to come yeah. up. Well, as you know, with, with yours, you know, yeah. 25. Well, I don't seeing, seeing, I mean, I, I feel like I must have been following you for since, it must have been relatively early you popped up on my feed. Right. Um, in that I think you you had a, a sizable following, but in terms of time frame, saying if it's like 2020 was when it sort of all kicked off for you, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if it was like well, maybe, maybe it was 2021. But um, yeah, 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 there was there was uh, there's something with um, you know like uh, we've already sort of said with your personality. You said like before the, the guard, like I could imagine you being you 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 have the, with the tattoos and the bald head and it was the white beard at, at the time when I first seen you and sure. it was like there was a there's a look but then there was like this like I say this like oh like um, like a gentle giant or you know there's sure. the the contrast sure. I think was was sure. interesting to sort of to sort of see yeah um, and, and it always surprises me you know. Um, are you yeah, are you aware of that? That like you could look very intimate. Like if my, if you if you like scrunched your face up and walked down, my mum would be petrified because she is, <laughs> she she if you if you looked angry and it was dark, my mum would be scared. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and I think there was a, a time in my life when I wanted to look like that. Right. Okay. But of course now it's kind of undoable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just look the way I look. But well, I th I think I I'm I'm like saying let's call that you. You, you, you're breaking any sort of misconceptions that someone yeah, for sure. might have. Yeah, yeah. Like... People still cross the road when they see me taped up with my sandals on. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it's, it's with the mouth tape <laughs> or, the, uh, or, or the sports mask or the Darth yeah, Vader mask. Exactly. They think I've escaped from somewhere, yeah, I think, yeah. when, they, when they see yeah, me. Yeah, I've had, I've had those looks. Sure. But, um, but, yeah, it always surprises me. You know, women come on their own here. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I do sort of look quite intimidating. But, obviously... Once people realise how vulnerable I am, yeah, yeah. and um, sometimes more vulnerable than some of the people that I'm working with, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm delicate, Jacko. Yeah. yeah, you know, I am a really delicate soul. I still don't really like being behind a camera. Yeah, yeah. I still find it a little bit, a bit uncomfortable. Um, Which I think is people will find it be interesting. People because there might some of the people that follow you on Instagram will be listening or watching this and mm -hmm. be like, oh, really, like. Wow. You know, as in they might just you know they they see the pictures or the videos and like they might they sure. unless they've listened to you say those types of things before they might not, not know, know that. that. But I yeah. think that that's what's beautiful about being, you know, using the words vulnerable, but it's also just being authentic and honest and just going, yeah, like that is, that that is how it is. Sure. Um, this is yeah. this is this is me, and that's you. It's being. As you are, like I had a conversation with someone I'm mentoring at the moment who, um, she was like, I need to get better at my, my videos. Like, I don't like being on the camera. I feel a bit awkward in it. And it was like, you, you know, you're really good at it. She said, I was like, oh, okay, thank you. It's nice for you to to say that. But 
you haven't asked me how long had I been making videos for. Sure. And it was like, well, I was trying to make some YouTube videos. I mean, before Instagram even started, I remember my mate introducing me to Twitter. He was like, you need to go on Twitter. It's like, there's, there's no rugby players. It was literally like 2013 or something. It must wow. have been over 10 years ago. And even before then, it like, I was awful. I felt like everyone feels weird talking to a camera. Everyone does. Yeah, yeah. But if you do it for 10 years, then yeah, it feels a little bit more normal after a while. But so does sure. anything if you do it long enough. Like, do it, be rubbish at it, try again. Do it, be rubbish at it, try again. Like making the uncomfortable comfortable. That's it. Yeah, I just think it's. I just don't believe that it's. Uh, there'll be some things that are like people are more naturally gifted at certain things than others. Sure. Yeah, for sure. But I, I, I don't believe there's there's nothing that you don't get better at if you just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Like tying your shoelaces when you're a kid, you can't tie your shoelaces. You don't think twice about it as an adult. It's a silly analogy, but like, it is just because you just do it. Yeah. You just get better at it. There's nothing, like there's nothing complicated about tying your shoelaces. For sure. There's also nothing complicated about talking to a camera. No. You just have to be, but but if you're trying to be someone that you're not, or projecting in a way, which comes back to what you said originally, being yourself is dead easy to be, being someone else is, is is hard to be sure yeah because the guard comes up then yeah and you know and sometimes i still find myself you know d- d- you know doing that the guard still comes up sometimes yeah. so it, I, I suppose it's kind of witnessing what you're doing in certain situations yeah. and i think you know i'm almost certain that my higher bolt score is helping me to be less anxious yeah, in social sure. situations yeah so that's massive isn't it that yeah. means everything yeah. So people say, oh, I, I, you know, you know, going back to you know the breath, and I want to improve my bolt score because I want to be able to run up a mountain with my with my mouth taped shut. That's fine, but yeah. think about what it's doing for mental health if it's changing the interoceptive environment of the animal, yeah. and how that perceives external and internal yeah. messages. I'm the same. I, inter- I I can manage my brain and my thoughts and my like ups and downs far better now than sure. when I, you know, my bolt score was less than 10 after my brain injury. Sure, mine was um, nine seconds. Yeah, yeah, I was like eight, as nine, like it's, it's not, exactly, I was scored as a, as, as a severe asthmatic and wow. yeah, I had no asthma, I hadn't, never, I, even at that time, I didn't even know there was anything wrong with my breathing. Yeah. Um, but the animal obviously was vulnerable. Well, yeah, it was, it, it, was, it, was, it was injured and it was, wow. it hadn't recovered. Um, but that's, you know, we're, you're giving a, an example there of asthma, or but people, some people might be even lower. I've got clients who bolt score starts even lower than that, not because of a, an injury or something, but just because of no. various different stresses on the body. A, a physical injury is just one type of stress, but sure. the emotional stress. And something that you'd said earlier about understanding um, scientifically what's going on, our physiology and, and things, it can be, I think it'd be really helpful for people to cognitively understand that you know, my body's relationship with carbon dioxide, when I'm sensitive to it, bolt score being low, like I'm more prone to having anxious thoughts. There's, there's, there's science to suggest that or to explain that and studies to, to show that. And I sure. think it's very helpful for, certainly I find it, but I think others, when we actually cognitively understand what it is, it starts to, one, I think help awareness, but two, just like a bit of a shift of, when you know what's going on, 
yeah. you can feel a little bit more in control. I think that the sure. the hardest thing is when you feel out of control. Like I had the experience of after my brain injury, am I going to get better? How long is it going to take me to get better? Is there anything I can do? Sure. And the advice was there's nothing you can do apart from just do nothing. Don't stimulate the brain, which is not true from what we know now. Sure. Um, I should have been doing stuff. I should have been working on my breathing, but didn't. Um, and then, well, we hope you're going to make a full recovery, but we don't know, and we don't know how long it'll take. So just that, like, not in control. wilderness of just, yeah. like, not knowing, and, yeah, and having no control because nothing to do, sure. I think is one of the most challenging things we go through in not life massive. when we don't yeah. have anything to cling on to. 100%, and I think, you know, what are the words out of control, and, and, and what are we in control of? As, as human, we're not really in control of anything, yeah. really. And and when people say to me, sometimes I just feel as though I'm not in control. Well, you know, that's okay. It's okay not to be in control all the time. Yeah. You know, but what is not being in control? Is that the body's alarm to breathe? Does that make sense? Right, yeah. So when you feel as though you're not getting in control, when you're not in control, that kind of a, a, attaches itself to, am I getting enough air? You know, it attaches to things like claustrophobia and OCD. OCD is you being in control of something. You know, bulimia is a bit like being in control of what you put in and what you let out. So there's control issues there, Mm. or control freaks, or, you know, people call it control, but but there is issues with your control. But is control connected to the breath? Is it how many times you're breathing? And is that driven by this false alarm to keep over breathing? You know, and it's this the complete negative sort of loop all the time yeah. that people are in. It's it's phenomenal really. Yeah. When yeah. you think about what the oxygen advantage is and how it changes the uh, the, the biochemistry and how it changes yeah. you know the biomechanics of, of the animal, it's just you know, the organism, it's just phenomenal really. Yeah. It's you the know? And one of the things I just love about it the most is that the the uh, the breath being so powerful and phenomenal, as you say, but so easy to just take that invitation to just listen to it, be aware of it, like yeah. you can do something with it. Massive, um, absolutely. Uh, Kev, I've loved this uh, loved this conversation, and one one question I was going to ask about, I guess it's linked to um, it's linked to the social media thing a little bit. But why, from your perspective, you, I'm sure you've had this with other people that you've, you've never, you've never met. We'd never met before, no. but we'd spoken before. We'd messaged on Instagram before. Like, from your perspective, because I don't really know if I know how to even answer this question for myself. But when we met outside and we had a big hug, like, why do we feel? Because it's a positive side of so. Without social media, we wouldn't know each other existed. Sure. So it is a positive side to social media, but why do you think we feel like we know each other before having actually physically met and had a deep conversation like this? Um, I don't know. It's an unusual sort of connection, isn't it? And you know, I've had this kind of connection with with other people that yeah. have turned up as well. Because I think we're just generally thinking in the same direction, aren't we? We're generally trying to get a message out there to people. That's exactly the same. We've felt the same. We've had similar things sort of happen to us in the past. And 
I think you just kind of know that you get a, you get a feeling when when you when you communicate with somebody, what kind of level you're at. You have you have noise in the background, don't you? Your head makes noise. This person's like this, or they're like that, or they they want this, or they're after that, or they're going here, or what are they planning to do next? And this is the nature of the nervous system to keep you safe. Yeah. Is to tell you these messages. Ninety nine percent of the time, they're wrong. Yeah. And which is why, if if you just try and open up and be absolutely positive with everybody in the same way with every person, you can't really go wrong, really. If you're exactly the same with every person on earth, you can't really go wrong. Yeah. You know, it worked all right for Mother Teresa, and <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. just be the same with everybody. Don't have your guard up with everybody, anybody, even if your nervous system is trying to put one up yeah. regardless of, you know whatever those messages that it uses to do such yeah you know just just be you yeah be you with everybody I like that um. absolutely and you know and, and love people love people and, and accept them for who they are you know and does that start with accepting yourself <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I've definitely come to terms with that. I used to carry a lot of shame and guilt for the things that I'd done and, you know, and, and the person that I was and, and my addictions and, you know, I've had all sorts of addictions. I'm one of these people that in the past constantly buying things all the time just to have things and then yeah. chuck them away on the shelf, you know, just do a sport and buy all the gear and then just get bored with it. And, you know, it's another obsessive, compulsive control thing, you know. Yeah. and. I'm not, I have no guilt or shame connected to any of it anymore because I was just doing the very best that I could do at the time with what I had. And what that is now is completely, obviously completely different. What yeah. I have to offer yeah. everybody, every human now is completely different. Yeah. No, mate, um, absolutely love it. Thank you for having me in the, oh, it's been a pleasure, in the home, in the dome. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, for people, uh, listening if they don't follow you yet or they're interested in doing work with you or how can sure. they connect with with you so um, yeah so if you go to um brevolution.com uh, and brevolution.co.uk uh, you can find um, sessions to book on with myself or just make contact um, through, through, through instagram yeah and you can come here i can recommend the coffee <laughs> yeah um just reach out really that's all i would say um to, to me or to Jacko or the likes of us and by changing changing the way that you breathe can can completely change your life you know forever yeah and uh, if you've listened to the podcast for the first time uh, if you haven't subscribed I'd love you to, to subscribe if this is some of the messaging and some of the conversation been helpful for you it may be helpful for someone else we'd love you to share um, share the podcast and um, yeah if you've got any feedback on how you uh, just some of the things that Kevin's talked about that that may have, you know, been a little bit enlightening for you, or any things that co that come up that you'd be happy to share. We'd love to hear from you, so get in touch with with Kevin on Instagram or, or with myself, and we look forward to, um, yeah, hearing any Fo feedback. Yeah. Follow me, follow him. You <laughs> lot follow me. Him, him, my lot follow him. <laughs> and vice versa. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I've 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 in, you know, enjoyed being the first podcast in person, sure. um, as well as just another like another shining example of. Just, Everyone that I've met in this space of like 
breathing and even probably wider than breathing just like health and well-being just trying to help people um it's just it's always it's always just a positive experience it's always just support of of each other and it's just like you said like through love and i think that that's um that's just something that makes me want to just like keep going keep going keep keep going with with what we're doing because i think that in in the next in the next five years, actually, this is a final question, actually, for you, Kev. Like, in the sure. ne- I've been saying to people for a little while, <laughs> particularly when I'm d- teaching the cert, like, as a master's instructor, I teach the certification with the Oxford I've got a group at the moment, and I, and I keep saying to them, like, hold on to your pants, because if, you, if you're going to get on the train, the next five years for Massive. breathing are going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, like, for the next five to ten years, maybe, or just whatever time frame you want, my final question, what do you... What do you think... Is go the direction of, of of breath for you and or as a as a whole? Like, what do you see? Um, well, I think you you know where breath's going. I think you know where um, breath work is going. I think you know where it, all these different modalities and different types of breath, you know, or breathing um, principles is going over the next so many yeah. years. And I, think, I feel like ice, the cold stuff is like because cold is so much more visual and it's a little bit sexy and it can be very much we like as individuals to show people what we're doing it's it, sure it's very whereas breathing is less sexy and it's less sure showable sure that it's a bit of a slower burn yeah i think you know the, the cold water is a bit of a fad it's going to back off the cold and you know i don't want to you know sort of rock the boat for anybody there sort of pardon the pun but <laughs> you know it is kind of faddy and I know most people, when they see my Instagram, oh, Kev does the cold water. Most of what I do now is breath. Yeah. And you can do as much cold water as you like, but if you're not breathing right when you go in it, yeah, it's kind of pointless. Yeah. You're just going to stress the stress. It's just stress, exactly that. So it's kind of pointless. And you're going in it because you're stressed. Yeah, and then you're stressed when you're in it, and you come out stressed. So you're, not, yeah. you're never in control of it. So And you, you can still see people... At Wim Hof events, and they're, they're all that <laughs> they're still in fear, and then they, they, they're not really told how to understand that you know you, you don't get into it like that. Yeah. You don't get you. You're not making it comfortable. You, it's got to be comfortable. You know, when you see yeah. Wim Hof getting in at two degrees, he's like, "Hey, come on in." Yeah. Oh, he's, he's absolutely. He's comfortable. <laughs> oh, super comfortable. He feels it, obviously, on his body, but comfortable yeah he ignores it enough yeah ignores what the mind is telling him and um i think there's big things going to happen with breath i think for me i'd I'd be honest i don't know where i'm going with it you know people are asking me to do corporate stuff and and um you know working with with kids and i think i'd probably like to be doing a bit more work with with schools yeah um it's potentially easy to get because because breathing can affect everything and everyone it can be like you can oh, go and do a sport every and then someone else can come and do it. Like I, I find, I find that is like you can end up doing lots of different things. But I like personally doing lots of different things. I don't like staying in probably because I, maybe I don't want want to the, the the label and identity thing being like oh I do I just do sport. Like so I, I, I enjoy but I enjoy the variety. The sure. nice thing about breathing it there is it can take it can go potentially anywhere. Sure, yeah, and you know, people kind of label me, oh, you're the cold water guy, aren't yeah. you? And I've, I've kind of made that rod, you know, not a rod for my own back, because I love taking people into the cold, but 
it's moving more and more away from the cold now and it's becoming more and more and more about how people are breathing because yeah. it's just connected to so much dysfunction it affects every dysfunction in human beings oxygen is just just critical isn't it you know it's the thing that we do the most of yeah. so uh, why are they paying no attention to it but i think their ears are pricking up now aren't they you know i was on to viaduct care in stockport yesterday and the, you know they're, they're using holistic treatment a lot more yeah. now just yeah. to take some of the pressure off the nhs you know uh, but there's still loads of red tape yeah. and yeah well, i think that the, the converse, there is more of those conversations like with i've had them with doctors with physios you know where people are seeing it and going like we didn't get actually trained in this but this is essential and like it's yeah it's it's going in that direction it's just it just takes time but um sure yeah, sure. keep doing keep doing what you're doing um yeah because you, it's, you know yeah, absolutely you're, you're playing your part as we all are trying to do and i think that the more the more we one big message that i'm taking home from this is that like what was you're doing being as much like how much more of me can i be sure um you know because yeah. inspired by yeah, you're, you kept coming back to that during the conversation. I think that's it's a great one, a great invitation for everyone listening as well. Sure. Um, but it's one that, that I'm definitely going to take take myself. Sure, yeah. Wear your heart on your sleeve and, and be vulnerable. Be brave and be vulnerable because your vulnerability is you. And uh, you, you, you can't get stronger or better without being vulnerable. It's given. Yeah. You know, so just yeah, be yourself. Yeah. Thanks, Kev. Cheers, mate. He's been Kevin, I've been Jacko, you've been breathing. <laughs> Till next time, keep it nasal. Keep it nasal. <laughs>